0: this 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 show is brought to you by safety fm warning the following broadcast contains adult language adult content frank safety discussions and stories that might sound unbelievable but believe me every one of those stories is true we didn't start the safety war but we are going to fight to win it for our families for our communities for our workplaces, and for our lives. Hello out there! Well, it finally came. 100 episodes. Some people didn't even think we would last 10 or 12 episodes. According to Jay Allen from The Jay Allen Show and Rated R Safety Show, he said most people do not last past 10 or 12 episodes because they really don't appreciate that this is actual work. Growing up, I listened to many different talk show hosts and they said a one hour show takes about four to six hours of prep work. When I started out on the safety journey, I figured out that was pretty accurate when giving just a regular presentation, let alone a podcast. Some of them go quick easy prep, some of them not so much. So you have to be prepared to do four, five, six hours worth of work per episode here. What's the point here? What's the point of safety wars? What we're doing here, what we're attempting to do here is to give support, inspiration, and honest dialogue for safety professionals on what I see, that's Jim Polzel and the Safety Awards team, what we see on the challenges in safety, what they are. We're talking about stuff that are the proverbial Columbus eggs, where everybody knows what it is. It's the 800 pound gorilla in the room. Everyone knows it, but nobody wants to talk about it. Why? I have no idea. But we've decided when we put this together that we're gonna end that, where we're gonna talk about the things that people really don't want to talk about. From my point of view, there are two sets of challenges that we have in safety. One is institutional, or dare I say, cultural. The other one is personal. Let's talk about institutional challenges. Number one no support from management, and safety is just a thing on the checklist or in their contract that they have to fulfill. There's no support from management, safety is just a thing on a checklist or in a contract. some type of contractual requirement. There's little or no professional development, and you end up having to get it yourself and pursue it yourself. We're professionals, other professionals have to do it. No, there's really no reason why we should not be doing it or we should be special. The other one is really bad, It's pigeonholing you in a job in one spot. This weekend, Suffington Post had an article on women being 44% more likely of being given menial work that did not add to the professional development. I think the article swerved into some truth here. For the safety professional, it is not ever seen as a value-added part of a culture, part of a company, or anything, and some Organizations just see it as either unnecessarily evil or a waste of time or someone to give our menial jobs to uh, we don't want to really deal with. I've fallen into that trap many times. And what happens is you don't get to develop the network in your organization often that you would normally have if you had, let's say, an office job. With me, I've always been very good at field work. I've been told I'm really good. I I guess I'm okay. I'm not gonna uh, be here and self-promote on that. But what happened was I used to spend so much time in the field that people who were not really good in the field, they ended up being in the office, they ended up developing their office skills, that's writing reports, emails, developing relationships which propelled their career. Really, something you need to be careful of. Something else, how do we sabotage ourselves? That's the second area here. That's the second set of challenges. And those are easy traps to fall into also. One of them, and I say number one, and it's one of my biggest comments to the people I supervise. Number one, becoming everyone's friend rather than a manager. You don't want to be everybody's friend, you want to be a manager, at least in the work office setting. Number two, a complete lack of leadership ability and not knowing what that is exactly. What is leadership? Is influence we're going to talk about that in the very near future a lack of articulateness meaning you cannot articulate things you need to frame things in non-confrontational ways usually almost always a non-confrontational way in a level of understanding by the person who's the audience or the people who are in the audience for example we had a situation last week where the one something like this the bleeping bleep cannot Leap, 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 understand what I'm trying to accomplish here and is interfering with my work and it's messing me up. I said to the guy, first of all, your approach to this is wrong. You're confrontational. What would be a better way of saying this would be the way that you're working is impeding my progress here and we got to get this job done, get this construction job done. Can we work together so we can work together and get this job moving here, and so we wouldn't have so many confrontations here? That's a much better way of handling things than cursing and yelling and screaming at someone. Number four, lack of technical ability and no incentive or inclination to get that technical ability or pursuing credentials. That goes back to little or no professional development. Not being at the sharp end of the stick. What is the sharp end of the stick? Out there in the field, you're sitting in the office all the time, away from the hazards, and it could be a construction job, general industry job, maritime, it doesn't matter the working environment. You need to be out there seeing what the work is. Maybe not all the time, but enough to know what's going on. Not taking the time to learn the workforce's job or work process, that's it's number six. I would call this, you have to have some type of a learning team of some sort, learn the job, learn the hazards, learn how to do the job right, learn how if it's consistent with the work as planned versus the work as done, do you have to modify your process? Pessimism or cynicism, that's another one. If you're pessimistic or cynic, no one's gonna listen to you, no one's gonna pay attention to you. And the next one, no backbone. Have a backbone. There are times, and I rely on the customers benevolence a lot of times however sometimes I have to tell the customer look or the supervisor manager depends on who I'm reporting to I have to tell them bad news and or I have to tell them look this is the way I see the situation or how could we do this we try to frame it as a question usually and they say, well no we're not gonna do that or you have to prove it to me but this has to happen this way," and all this other stuff you have to have some backbone, some integrity with this stuff. They're gonna respect you more with the backbone and integrity, but as we always say, fight against bad change. But once the decision is made, you gotta go on board here usually, depending on what it is. You have to have backbone, get respect, and it makes your job a little bit easier in the long run. So what are we talking about here with Safety Wars, the name? It's not a gimmick. That's what we're fighting here. The number of fatalities that we're seeing in the workplace every year, especially in the United States, are really not acceptable, and we're not to mention the over 2.5 million non-fatal occupational injuries a year. The number is probably much higher because these things are all reported differently and things happen off the books and everything else that goes into it. The struggles that I have are far from unique, but over the years, I've developed, along with my team, ways of managing and red red flagging things. And this was set up for you folks, the listeners. We are here to help you through all of your struggles. Your folks are the experts in your situation and you need to find your own solution. And my solution is not the only solution to a problem, I realize that, but it could be used as a jumping off point, as a conversation starter. A lot of the things we talk about that. I'm going to issue and redo one of my most requested presentations this week probably going to release it right after this gets released and we're going to go over it uh, as part of our 100th episode celebration here. it's called pushback faced by safety professionals stay tuned for the next podcast are you tired of hiring safety consultants and safety professionals that don't have any passion for what they're doing How about those who have never worked in the field or done the dirty work? Is there resistance to taking safety training because the training is boring, irrelevant, and unengaging? Are your employees playing a team college student, or someone on the dark web to take the online safety training for them? Look no further. Safety wards can come to your facility or do most of the training you need through an online platform at times convenient for you. For more information, call me. Jim Polzel, your Safety Wars host at 845-694-4170. Or you can email me at jim at safetywars.com. Remember, if you've heard this transmission, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces.